Hello, you're listening to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, presented by Brandon Elliott. This show will be going over all aspects of real estate investing and is intended to educate, motivate, and prepare you to take action on your first or next real estate investment. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Elliott. Today, we're going to be covering some life lessons, right? (laughs) With two gentlemen, two good friends of mine. They jumped into real estate a few years ago. They wanted to make their money work hard for them in real estate, and they thought to themselves, what is the worst that could happen, right? And I think we all come to a certain point of uh, thinking that as well. You know, what's the worst thing that can happen? All real like action takers that actually make progress and push through any of the BS out there. I feel like that's something very common. We all think to ourselves, you know, well, what's the worst thing that can happen? And with you guys, you guys actually went through some horror stories. (laughs) And it like broke my heart the first time hearing it, but I was so encouraged. I really was. And it was something that lit off like some lights in my head because you guys didn't give up. Like so many other people out there would have easily given up and would have- We were close to it though. (laughs) Yeah, so you guys were super resilient and just brilliant. Like you, you pushed through it, you made a ton of mistakes along the way, like we all have, but I needed to have you guys on here to help out the listener's mindset and anybody just getting started in real estate, be able to, like this podcast, it's all geared towards educating them, motivating them, and preparing them to take action. And what is the worst thing that can happen, right? So without further ado, my man, Andre and Jay, what's up, guys? How you guys doing today? Doing well, man. Thanks. Yeah, doing good, man. Glad we finally made this uh, podcast thing happen. We've been talking about it for a long time. I know, man. We've been talking about this for way too long. And I'm excited for you guys to finally be on here to give back to the listeners and and be able to help break off some limited beliefs for anybody out there because you guys are crushing it now in many different areas. You guys are more educated at this point and constantly taking that next step of faith forward with the right team around them. So you guys have a lot of options, which is the best spot to be in, right? So, you know, before we dive into all the learning curves that we went through in the beginning, if you guys don't mind, just give a quick little backdrop of of who you guys are, what kind of job experience, and why real estate for you would be awesome. Andre, you want to jump in first? Yeah, yeah. So I'm Andre McGlown, of course. Um, I'm an IT guy during the day. Actually, Jay and I have been friends for a long time, man. We were both in the Air Force together way back when, 94, and remained friends through, through all that time and, you know, working in the IT field. And we have been talking about it forever and forever that we're going to get into real estate and never did, right? We felt we missed it, you know, after, you know, when the, the market crashed and, and we was like, oh, we missed our opportunity. We won't be able to do it. And then we finally decide, hey, we're going to actually do something this time, now or never. Yeah, I love that. So, like, when's the best opportunity? Like, yesterday? If not, then today. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I love it. And then, Jay, what about you? Yeah, I mean, the same, same thing. Um, pretty much identical. Like Andre said, we've known each other for a long time from the Air Force. We work in the IT field together. We work at the same company together and done that about three or four times. Okay. <clears throat> but, yeah, we had always talked about, you know, yeah, I mean, we, our W-2 jobs are, are good and we like what we do and, you know, make a decent living and everything. But 
you know, we both had wanted a little something more, right? And real estate was that kind of avenue that we saw, like, hey, that looks interesting and maybe it could help us reach our goals. But we both live in the D.C. area. And, you know, when we were talking about this, right, it was like pre-crash. And when, when you know, a house would go on the market and there'd be multiple bids and, you know, people were paying over $100,000 asking and all this stuff. And we're just like, we can't afford this, right? And so kind of sat on the sidelines and then the market crashed. And then it was like, I don't know what's going on with the market. We're, you know, we're kind of scared to get in there. And then at some point, you know, like as the title of the podcast, you're saying, we, we just looked at each other and we're like, dude, really, what's the worst that can happen, right? Let's just... yeah find a deal and figure it out you know that kind of thing right and and i think you know maybe some of the people listening right, that it, it was that uh those limiting beliefs like you said right where we don't know what we're doing or well, we're too late we're too early but you know it's not right this that all of those are just excuses right to not do something so we finally just got to a point where like you know what let's just do something and figure it out yeah I'm so glad that you brought up that, like, (laughs) like the whole excuses thing. So many people, I have good friends of mine telling me now, like, you know, I'm not jumping in right now. I'm going to save every penny and I'm going to wait till the next crash. And I'm like, dude, I'm buying up left and right. And all the other investors are doing the same thing. And you're going to miss out. If if you don't take action now, then when are you going to take action? Exactly. So I'm glad you guys, it's that mindset shift that you guys finally figured out like, Hey, let's just, what's the worst thing that can happen? Uh, which we'll get into in just a moment. But yeah, it's that mindset shift to finally take that leap of faith and get out there. But first, let me ask you guys, as far as education goes, like you got the desire, you want to jump into real estate. You guys have two jobs in the same. You guys are, you know, homeboys forever now, right? You guys work at the same company. Like what kind of education did you guys get prior to jumping in (laughs) knee deep? (laughs) Uh, not enough. Um, yeah. I, I, little to none, right? I think the education came afterwards, for sure. Or during, right? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, but going, going into it, I, I think we had read some books and stuff like that, but that had been over the years and still hadn't decided to do anything. When we actually jumped into it, man, it was like feet first and really, we, we were probably undereducated, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm a true believer in, you know, get educated, but at the same time, even if you read all the books, all the podcasts, all the YouTube, um, or networking with all the right people, you know, it's only going to take you so far, right? Once you actually get hands on and you're actually living it, all the things that you were learning, you might not even necessarily apply because you're going to make all these adjustments or whatever it is, and you're going to get smacked in the face a few times. So the hard not life of uh, actually hands on doing it is where you're going to get the best education. So you guys kind of just skipped out all the other stuff and you're like, we'll read a couple books, screw it, let's jump in. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll buy a place. Matter of fact, we'll buy three. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about this first deal. Where was it and what kind of deal was it? What kind of property and so forth? Yeah, so um, so like I was saying, we're, we both live in the D.C. area and it was, okay. in our minds, it was kind of too expensive. We didn't want to start out with something here, right? It was, it, and we wanted to kind of cut our teeth, if you will on a place that was a little more reasonable. I'm originally from Florida and I live near Orlando. And so, you know, I had family down there and I was just down there one time and kind of looking around at the market and whatnot. And so I called up Andre, I was like, hey, maybe we should look down in Orlando, right? Things are, they're pretty reasonably priced. It's growing, you know, it has tourism and, and industry, you know, there's the university, kind of all these metrics that we were looking at, right? That we were like, hey, this, this looks like it might be a good spot. 
Um, yeah. and, and so it, our initial thoughts were like, oh, we'll just go in and buy like a, like a duplex, triplex or something like that, you know, uh, within like a hundred, $200,000 kind of price range, right? Just to, that was small enough where we were comfortable to, you know, kind of go after it ourselves. And then, you know, but big enough to where like, all right, we'll learn some lessons and, you know, maybe get some good returns off of this and stuff, right? And so, you know, we went from that to like, called up like a real estate agent, kind of gave our parameters what we're looking for. She went around and, and found us a couple of properties. And it ended up being that there were some investors who, I don't know if you'd call it a portfolio necessarily, but it was two properties right next door to each other, you know, on, on different deeded lots. One was a duplex. The other was not really a triplex, but it was like a, a duplex and it had another kind of standalone unit on that same property, right? So five doors basically. And, and they wanted to sell it all as a package deal, right? Which the overall net value of it was about two and a half times more than we wanted to spend. But we're just like, you know, we ran some basic numbers and we're like, hey, that looks pretty good. Yeah, let's do it. You know, yeah, what's the worst, what's the worst, worst that can happen, right? We lose, yeah. we lose the down payment, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so what year was this? Gosh, 2012, 13, I think it was. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So about eight, seven years ago. And then what was the purchase price for this property or this package deal, I guess? Yeah. What, uh, geez, what was the total? Uh, almost 500,000, 450, I think. 450? Yeah. Between the two. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it was like 235 and then 200, something like that, Jay. Yeah, that sounds okay. Yeah. We'll that. Gotcha. And then you guys were doing traditional financing or investor financing? How did that work? Or you guys we just go know. all cash? We, we, we didn't really know. Yeah, all right. Oh, yeah. We didn't really know about investor <laughs> yeah. financing that much then, to be honest with you. We know a lot more about it now. But we, okay. was, we went through just conventional financing, you know, single family home, residential, not even commercial. Yeah, we did like 25% down, you know, regular residential stuff, put it in our name, you know, the whole thing, right? <laughs> we, we didn't know any, any, anything about like the LLCs and like creative financing and, you know, put money, raising funds and all, none of that stuff. None, none of that stuff, yeah. Yeah, okay. That was part of it, like, you know, our lack of education there, that's why we were kind of like, all right, let's do a smaller deal because, we, you know, we're going to do use our own money to do it. And then, you know, kind of learn from that. And so, you know, that, that's basically what we did, you know, just kind of took that same paradigm we were familiar with, which was like buying our own personal residence, right? Yeah. Put a down payment and you get a 30-year mortgage and you just pay it, you know, and that's kind of what we did for the financing for these deals. Okay. So you guys put percentage down in the beginning, trying to finance the rest. And then as far as the remodel goes, you guys were paying that out of pocket? We didn't well, initially remodel that wasn't the plan <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i mean the, the the places were currently they had tenants in there we didn't know anything about you know the value add business plan and uh, you know driving up the value through like forced appreciation you know none of this none of this stuff right we're not we were not that sophisticated at all yeah we're, we're gonna buy a place and rent it that was our plan yeah okay. it, it was basically like there's there's tenants they pay this much per month our mortgage will be this expenses are that we'll cash flow let's do it so you, you know. guys weren't planning on doing any value adds. You were trying mm -hmm. to just walk into a turnkey situation and be good to go, try to make that mailbox money, right? That yeah, and, and, try to, and try to figure out from this one, all right, we, we were successful with this one, let's do the next one based on this first purchase, right? That was the plan at least. Okay, okay. So what happened with the plan, guys? Like, you know, we got plan A and then obviously it didn't happen. So what happened? Let's talk about it. 
Well, you know, like there, there's that saying, right? Every good plan, it, it never survives first contact with the enemy, right? When you talk about going to war. And so best laid plans, it was out the window. Like we closed or closed on the properties and about three months later, we had a tree fall on the property. And then as part of the repair, we had a contractor out, they came, they did the repairs, they took off you know, the old house or the old roof rather, and they were getting ready to put the new roof on. And the house is kind of older, and so they needed to, you know, put some additional trusses and things to meet modern-day code. Code, yeah. And so as part of that, though, they were going to put, you know, another, I don't know, five, ten thousand pounds or whatever on top of the house with, the, with these additional, you know, trusses. And, and other That's a lot things. of weight. It's a lot of weight, fellas. Yeah. And so they were like, well, hey, we're kind of concerned, so we, we want to call a structural engineer in just to see, like, hey, kid you know, the house, take it kind of thing, right? So I'm like right. tearing up inside because I know what's coming and I'm just like, oh, I don't want to hear it. Yeah, <laughs> it's so it's like, they, they call the structural engineer, he comes in and of course, you know, he wants to like tear down drywall and look at the studs and, you know, get, get you know, really into the, the structural integrity of the property. And, you know, which we did not do during the inspection, right? We had, we had an inspection, but it was kind of the, you know, the guy just kind of looking around, you know, normal house inspection, right? Was it like a contractor inspection or a real inspection? No, it was like the guy you call when you're buying a house saying, hey, I'm looking to buy the house. Can you check out and make sure the air conditioner works? You know, basically that rudimentary inspection. Okay. Yeah. yeah. A couple hundred bucks, call it a day, in and out yep. type of thing. Exactly. Just a basic, you know, whatever inspection, right? And, and so, you know, they didn't find anything out of that inspection. But as they were starting to tear down the drywall and everything, right, they, they exposed some studs and they started to see, oh, there's some dry rot here. There's some termite activity there that we didn't see during any of the inspections. And then as a result, you know, the structural engineer basically said, hey, this, this thing is not going to hold the additional weight. You know, it's like you can't put this roof back on it because you can't put the roof back on you can't have people live here kind of thing. Yeah, not yeah. just the roof. There's dry rot in the walls. There's dry rot in the, in the ceilings. Like, like, yeah, it was just bad. Like, it was a bad purchase. I mean, and, and basically, we had our tenants that were there that we basically kicked out when the tree fell on the house. So they have to find another place to live now. You got a tree that fell on the house. Yeah, the tree fell on the house. So the tenants are out. So we're not getting any rent on this place now. And we have a mortgage on it. So bills are due every month. No income. And basically, the structural engineer says the house is condemned. No one can live in the house, essentially. Condemned. Shit. Yeah. Okay. So what's the worst that can happen? You buy a house and then... It gets condemned. It gets you condemned. got a tree that falls on the house. You got to put a new roof on. The, the supporting beams around the house won't take the new roof. <laughs> and, and the thing is, too, that house and that tree were there probably for like 40-something years, right? Yes. Yeah. That long without incident. And it was like after we bought it <laughs> that everything just goes downhill, right? How yeah, long it was, was it until all this stuff happened after you purchased? This was three months. I think I think we purchased in February. This happened in like May. So yeah, it wasn't very long. And and the crazy thing is that the insurance company covered the repair of the roof. And they had done 90% of the work and the insurance company is asking you know, for the final receipt saying the work is done. And we're telling them, hey, we, we can't do it. The house has been condemned. And so they're not paying the contractor. We're, we owe the contractor money. Insurance company isn't helping. Basically, this place is unlivable now. And so what do we do? We, we still have to pay the mortgage each, each month. And now we have a house that no one can live in. 
and the contractor. And how's that going to happen, right? Right, right. The contractor's calling us, and we're like, man, the insurance company is not going to pay us until you finish the roof. And he's like, well, I can't finish it. And, and he's like, I don't care what the insurance company is going to pay or not. You guys owe me for the work I've done kind of thing, right? And, and it was such a circular logic. Like the insurance company, we kept going back and forth with them. They were saying, can we, can we get a completed you know, receipt of the house being done and a picture? And we kept telling them the house isn't going to be done, right? And it was just back and forth with them. And at the time, boy, did we know what, what a good property management is now. But then, like, we had a horrible property manager. And so another lesson from that, we learned the value of a good team on the ground, especially if you're going to be an, an absent landlord. Right. Absolutely. So let me ask a couple different things here. First off, did you guys see the property at all before or was it sight unseen when you purchased? Sight unseen for me. I believe Jay went down. I went, I went and saw it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm not trusting um, his judgment alone anymore. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you don't trust his judgment anymore, Jay. Come yeah. on. Yeah. No, that's all. It's all love. Uh, you guys are partners, so that's cool. So when it comes down to this property management, did that come with the property? I it see. did. Yeah. yeah. How did you guys screen them to see if we should keep them around, or you guys did screen, right? Lesson <laughs> learned, right? Rule number one: screen the property manager. Property manager in place interview them and make sure you want to keep them right yes we kind of took the easy way like oh there's tenants there's property management let's just continue doing that the tenants are comfortable with it they collect the rent like okay we're all good right yeah it, uh, sounds, it sounds like the perfect you know storybook right <laughs> yeah right but yeah over time you know as we dealt with them more and more it, it just we weren't very happy with it and you know we got we ended up getting rid of them and found a great property management company now that good. not only are they very responsive, but they're also, you know, we've partnered with them in other deals and, and yeah. like, to grow not only, you know, our property there, but also expanding into other areas in, in real estate. So, you know, I love it. it. This does have a happy ending, although we're, we're, we're yeah, still yeah, at yeah. You know, the housing, you know, we had to tear it down part. But um, Brandon, I'll tell you, it, it was so bad. So basically, you know, we're fighting with the insurance company for a few months. And Jay's just like this browbeat. Jay's ready to throw in the towel. He's ready to quit, man. He's like, just knock the house down. We'll I sell remember. the land. I, I uh, remember hearing all this. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, we called like, I don't know how many lawyers and, and other real estate professionals, whoever we could think of, right? To be yeah. like, how could this happen? Like, so we did due diligence. The, you know, the agent did theirs. The seller made these claims. And, you know, we had an inspector. Like somebody must have dropped the ball somewhere. Like, you know, there's something we have to do, be able to do, right? To have some kind yeah. of And everyone we talked to, they, they, they had like the same reaction. They were like, I've been doing real estate for, you know, however, however long, and I have never heard of this situation before in my Ever. life. Right. Yes. And, and like, you know, all these lawyers and stuff, they were looked at all of the, all the documentation, everything we had. And they were like, like I hate to tell you this, but like, everybody did what they were supposed to and it just sucks to be you (laughs) you know shit happens basically right yeah shit happens you know and and i mean this is over the course you know we're talking here for like five minutes but this was over the course of like eight ten months meanwhile the contractors you know sending us like bills and calling us nonstop, and the insurance company's like hey is this done we're gonna send an inspector and you know we just we wrote letters and sent emails and calls and on and on it was so frustrating 
And it got to the point where the insurance company was like, we want to send an inspector to see the completion. We're like, yeah, go ahead. You know, because we told them a hundred times, it's not done. This is why it's not going to yeah. be done. They insisted. And then we're like, yeah, go ahead. And then they call us the next day. They're like, yeah, it's not done. We're like, yeah, no shit. We've been telling you no that. No shit, months. right? <laughs> you know? And, and then like a week goes by and they're like, oh, we're going to send an inspector. We're like, it's not done, but go ahead. And then they call, you know, and it's just this over and over. And I got to the point where I was just like, you know what? Screw it. Just tear down the whole thing. We'll sell the land for whatever. You can sell it for like a hundred grand or something. Um, we take probably, I don't know, 50K loss a piece. You know, yeah, then, but the house we basically yeah. just paid $250,000 for, we we're going to knock down and sell the land for a hundred. Right. And then, you know, we just take our loss and then, you know, like we still, fortunately we did have the other property, which was cash flowing, And so it was kind of offsetting some of the costs, you know, by not having a tenant and still the mortgage. Uh, but obviously we're losing that revenue, right? Because we're, we don't have those uh, tenants there, but yeah, I just got to the point where I was like, you know what, F it, man. Just tear the crap down and sell the land, and we'll just pay the rest off. And, and yeah. Like, you know, regroup or, or just be like, you know, I'm out, dude. Like, <laughs> we're done. So before we jump into that, because I do want to cover, you know, it starts getting to a more happier place once uh, you guys get creative and, you know, start moving forward. But let's talk about a couple of things. Did the contractor ever put a lien on the, on the property at all? No, oh. they, never, they never put the lien because what we, what we ended up doing, so this is, this is one of the things like, you know, maybe it's not the best financial thing or whatever, but we took out this mortgage. We had these financial responsibilities. You know, we're on the hook to pay this stuff. The contractors have done their job as they should, right, according to the contracts and all this stuff. And just because the insurance company is giving us problems doesn't mean, you know, they shouldn't get paid. So we, after a while, after we realized like the insurance company is. Yeah. But basically we, we said we didn't want, we didn't want to shirk the insurance company and we didn't want to shirk paying the mortgage either. Right. Cause we were like, you know, I'll just, just walk, walk away. It's like, Hey, we, we signed the contract. Stuff didn't work out the way we wanted to, but Hey, it's still our name on the line. We're going to, you know, honor our obligations. Yeah, so, so you guys are men of your word, you know, basically yeah. just stepping in and covering the cost, cutting your losses type of thing. I want to talk about the property manager as well for a second. But before we do that, actually, you know, you were just mentioning that Jay, he wanted to throw in the towel, be done with it and say, like, screw this. They was done, man. I, what were we traveling for work, Jay? I think we were on the road. We were someplace for work. And we, it was... And we were just, it was just depressing. But I was like, no, Jay. I was like, no, no. I was like, one day we're going to look back on this, on this incident and lighting up cigars with $100 bills. We just got <laughs> Yeah. I love it. So that's, that's the power behind like partnerships. I'm not a huge fan necessarily of partnerships, but it's got to be that right fit. Like you guys are basically family for a very long time now. You guys have that communication, transparency. Nothing's going to get in your way when it comes down to friendship as well as business. So that, that's very, very key. That's important to have that, just so you know. But when it comes down to like this deal, when one person's having like, a bad day or whatever, or like all down and out about it, then the other person can, you know, hopefully be up-spirited. Balance it out. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. I think that's been the case because I think um, a lesser friendship might not have survived this. It, it was pretty tough times, man. Like I, I switched my job. I, I changed jobs because I had to make more money to be able to afford to pay for all this stuff so life changes occurred because of this whole incident honestly yeah and the stress i can't even imagine the stress yeah. and mindset of like you guys both working your ass off all the 
for such a long period of time, eight months or longer, just all this chaotic stuff one after another. And the insurance company just, you keep on telling them like, Hey, it's not done. Like you're wasting your time. And, and they still, still just being persistent. It's like, but God, it, it, could, in, in the end, the, the insurance company covered the work that the contractor did. And they basically had a $10,000 limit of liability for dry rot. So that was the extent of their coverage. Okay. So basically okay. the remainder of the loan was on us. Okay. Okay. So then let's talk about the property manager and then I want to go into happier days, you know, <laughs> once, once we cleared this path and then, you know, jumped on to uh, your guys' next steps. Uh, with the property manager, what type of things were they doing wrong that were frustrating and obviously something that, you know, it's not working out? They were managing the other units that were bringing in some money, right? Yeah, but even with that, man, they just weren't helpful. They weren't, they just wanted to collect checks and that's it. They weren't, a, 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 it wasn't a partnership. They weren't trying to help us further our endeavors. I mean, we with this whole stuff with the house, you know, basically we'd, we'd ask them, hey, what should we do about this? And they said, well, we can't give you advice on that. What, 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 <laughs> what should you be doing there? We're not yeah, there. Yeah. What can you do? You get to a point where they keep on saying, no, well, well, you know, that's not us. We can't help you there. Then it gets to the point like, so what do you guys do? <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, there was that part. And then there was, you know, accounting discrepancies. We, we had a, like, we started with one person who kind of dealt with us and our tenants and, and everything. And then, you know, that person was gone after like two months. We got another person and they were there for like four months. And they were gone. And then we, they just kept like rotating people in and out. Right. And, and, and so like the rent wasn't collected on time. The accounting was off, you know, we yeah, like a toilet would break or something, and then they'd call us, and we're like, why are you calling us? Just freaking fix it, right? Like, yeah, you're the property manager. <laughs> you know, you're the manager. That's the, that's the whole point of this, right? And, yeah. and it, was just, it, it just got frustrating, and it, yeah, we were just like, all right, we do not want to deal with these guys anymore. So I think it was, we ended up calling the real estate agent we had, had dealt with and asked her um, if she knew anyone, and it turned out, I think her husband you know, had known someone and they recommended us, right? So we went and talked with them. And then those are the guys we decided to go with. They're, you know, kind of around, they were around our same age. They were just starting out in their property management at the time, um, but they were young and hungry. And we talked to them about like, hey, here's our current situation, but here's really our goals, right? We want to- um, No, actually, we, we, met, we met those guys, Jay, through the builder on the rebuild. That's, that's right. Yeah. Yes. Keeping your head. Yeah. So going back, yeah, after the property management, you know, we we're just sick of all of that stuff and we we're still trying to figure out how to rebuild the house. Yeah. And that's when we called the, the real estate agent asking if she knew anyone who could yeah. you know, help us out with like, what do we do with this thing? Right. And she put us in touch with this builder and he came out and, you know, took a look at the property, gave us an idea of what they could do to rebuild. And, you know, we liked, we liked what we heard. It was, it was going to be a little bit painful because basically, you know, we, we tried to do some financing, go get some, you know, other financing to do like a bridge loan or do something to like pay off for wrapping the existing mortgage into like a new construction thing and then refinance it when we're done. You know, all of this, we talked to a bunch of people, right? And kind of the frustrating part was we're here trying to do like the right thing, right? Like pay, pay the mortgage, build this thing, you know, just, just do right by who, you know, everybody that we needed to do right by. Of course. But we, you know, we talked to a bunch of like uh, lenders and stuff and they're like, you know, well, uh, you have to pay off the other mortgage before we give you a new mortgage and this, and we're like, dude, that's like what we're trying to avoid. Like, can you just work with us, you know? And, and one guy was like, well, 
you know, we can't do that and we're not, we don't know you and this and that. And I was like, look, man, like we could, we could just totally, you know, just drop the keys on the, the lawn and just walk away and stop paying this thing. Right. But that's not, yeah. that's not how we roll. You know, we're trying yeah. to do the right thing. Just please work with this kind of thing. Right. And we ended up not being able to find anyone to, to really work with us that way. So, you know, go back to the, the checkbook. Right. And we ended up basically paying off the original mortgage, finding a, a lender who would, give us a construction to perm loan to build the new property, went ahead and built the new property on it and then refinanced. Once it was done, we got it converted to that perm loan, but it was a commercial loan, you know, 20 year amortization, you know, I don't know, five point something percent, whatever the APR was, you know, that type of stuff. And so- How many uh, units was it? We just two, the, the zoning only allowed us to rebuild a duplex again. And so uh, we built, so, you know, completely brand new duplex. It's really nice, actually. And so when it, when it converted to that construction, yeah, very nice. uh, so when it converted to the, uh, the permanent loan, right, we were looking at like the amount of money we're paying per month. And so we went, we went and refinanced into uh, back into a, you know, just commercial or a uh, residential loan, you know, 30 year amortization, whatever, lowered the mortgage payments, et cetera, right, to get the cash flow kind of back up. And then through that builder, he was the one who had, he had actually built a bunch of the same duplexes for the property management company. And we had, we had kind of mentioned to him like, Hey, we're looking for a new PM, you know, like, do you know anybody? He's like, yeah, let me put you in touch with these guys. So we went and talked with them. Right. And yeah, really liked what they were doing. They were building these new houses. You know, these, these guys were building the houses and like kind of build and sell, right. Doing the, the flip kind of thing. And then, you know, they were just starting out in the property management game. And so we're like, hey, we'll take a risk with you guys, you know, but we want to grow together, you know, as you grow, we want to grow with you, right? And they're like, yeah, totally, you know. That's um, the type of partnerships you want to be in. It's like the the people that have the same mindset as you do and have the same goals, you know, to grow, get to the next level. For me personally, that's when I realized the importance of your team, whether that's your finance guy or your property manager, like all those people, your realtor. And maybe I didn't, I didn't appreciate that as much before all this stuff happened. Sure. But you didn't realize how important it was, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 So now, I mean, out, out of all of that, right, we got a, got a great team. The property management company is awesome. You know, they're, they're managing the properties very well. And like I said, you know, we, we just, we invested in a um, syndication with them earlier this year. You know, they're bringing other deals to us. You know, we haven't, we haven't invested in any of them yet uh, just because of timing and things didn't really work out at, the, at that point. But, you know, they are partnering with us, right, to yeah. bring us business. And bring that's us so in, good. You know, and that, that's all we ask, right? And, yeah, yeah. What more can you ask for? That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And so now we have a good team with the property manager, the real estate agent. You know, we found a finance guy. You know, so we're, we're, we kind of got the team now, right? And, and yeah. Florida, at least. <laughs> Yeah, the core team. And, you know, like the, the properties are now up and running, they're cash flowing, they're doing very well. And then out of all of that, right, I think another thing that we had kind of, uh, I guess, well, at least for me, a lesson learned, right, is we weren't really approaching real estate investing as like a business. You know, we were kind of yeah. doing it as like, oh, it's a hobby. Let's, yeah. let's do it on the side and, you know, get some cash flow and, you know, mailbox money, right? We're not going to have to do anything except, you know, like get yeah. sleepless nights and, and, you know, have stress-induced heart attacks because of yeah. all 
crazy shit you're going through. But hey, um, there, there's plenty of other people out there thinking the same thing, thinking, you know, I'm just going to do this as a little hobby thing, try to bring in some extra cash flow. And, uh, right. you know, what's the worst that could happen? Right. I mean, and, and you know, I mean, there, there's ways to, to set that up, right? But, the, and I, I think for me, looking back kind of today where we're at, you know, now we've got these properties stabilized, we're invested in a bunch of syndications or, you know, like kind of, we've expanded our knowledge for sure. Yeah, for sure. Without a doubt. You know, and we've networked and connected with people like you and, and others who have helped us uh, grow ourselves, you know, both like mentally build our network and, you know, like say your net worth is your network, right? And That's right. And, and so out of all of that, what I, what I kind of, I was thinking about this in preparation for the podcast, you know, not one of these like guru guys, but I was thinking like the, you know, the term earn, right? And, and by meaning that, by that, I mean, educate, act, reevaluate, and network. Like those are the things that I kind of learned over the, these years, right? So education, obviously, right? Listen to all that Ready Set Go podcast stuff. Go on to you know Bigger Pockets. Read all that stuff. Read all the books you can. Get educated. But one of the things you need to be able to do right is educating yourself is is a lot of going through the motion, and motion doesn't lead to results. Only action does, right? And so you need to take that next step and act. So you know educate yourself, but at some point take take action and go forward, right? get a deal, invest in something, you know, do take some action and then reevaluate, right? Like say, Hey, I did this. Is it, how did it work out? How could I do better next time? What could I have done differently? Is that meeting my goals? Or do I still have the same goals? Cause our goals have changed over the years, you know, we yeah. kind of start out with, Oh, we just want some passive property in Florida, you know, and then, and then, and now it's changed to, Hey, we want to, you know, kind of expand our business out into other areas of real estate investing. And yeah. take it more seriously, treat it more like a business, right? Yeah, not a hobby. And then, and then you know, that last step is is most important, I think, you know, especially uh, is networking, right? Because yep. real estate is totally 100% a people business, right? It's all relationship, who you know, and being able to bring value to those people, right? Like for like the new investors or new people new to the industry, you know, you, you kind of I've seen, I've been this guy too, like where you come to somebody and you're like, Hey, what can you do for me? And, yeah. Um, don't want to do that. Right? Yeah, don't, try, don't do that. I mean, I know you're new and, and everything, but, but you can provide value some kind of way. Right. Oh, and, and you know, Andre and I are in sales. And, and so, you know, I always take that approach with, with a sales call yep. or something. Right? It's not like, Hey man, you know, I need you to give me money. Right. It's like, Hey, I can provide this value to you. This is why you should buy this product. It will help you kind of thing. Right. And I, and I try to do that when, with networking, um, you know, in, in the real estate industry and it's served me well so far. Right. I, I approached, you know, some syndicators and some other folks that were like, Hey, what are your pain points and how can I help solve, you know, those pain points. Right. Yeah. Um, and the reaction that you get by approaching someone like that versus going like, Hey, I don't know what I'm doing. Help me. Right. It, it, that was us. That was us initially, though. I mean, we've learned that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, you guys came out of like a desperate situation. You're like, hey, we're drowning. Help. <laughs> like, help. You know? Yeah. yeah. No, so but I I mean, that. That was, that's a, a huge lesson learned, right? Is, is yeah. what, what I found is, is most people that I've interacted with in, in the industry are more than willing to help, more than willing yeah. to share knowledge and, you know, help you learn or, and meet your goals. Right. But, do have some alignment with their goals. 
Hey, yeah, yeah. Make it a win-win situation. That's that's yeah. the key behind it. It's like make that win-win situation and uh, the power of serving first. It always comes back to you one way or the other. Even if even if not, like you're still just putting out that good karma, right? You're helping out more people get to their goals. They'll always, they'll always remember you. So I love yeah, that. Exactly. Andre, for yourself, what is there anything that you would mention that has been like, I wouldn't say life-changing, but, but something that like really stands out as some learning curves that you're super thankful for? Yeah, it's affected me in my own life. Don't, don't be so cheap, right? Because in, in, in the beginning, they would tell you, I was nickel and diamond everything. I was just I so... Yeah. <laughs> so, so what's a thousand dollars when you're going to pay $200,000 to knock a house down? I mean, yeah. if, I, if I had to pay a little more money for a little more due diligence initially and not have been so cheap. For the inspection. Yeah. Yeah. Just, but that's my philosophy on everything now. Cause before I, I was the money guy, as far as like, no, 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 we can save 25 cents over here. <laughs> yeah. You're Cut it. Cut it. We don't need it. <laughs> <laughs> and I realized, I that, like we said before, that cheaper isn't always better. And, yep. and that's the lesson that I learned from this, this whole debacle. Yeah. yeah. I love it. I love it. So you guys literally came from, you know, what's the worst thing that could happen? Let's finally invest in real estate. Let's take action on it. I love that part. The, the sad part was not enough due diligence in the beginning. Uh, <laughs> a little sight unseen for half of the party. Just some life happens type of instance. Yeah. A tree falls on the roof. I have to replace the roof. Everything's rotted. Can't even replace the roof. Insurance playing games a little bit. Contractor wants their money. You guys finally just decide we got to scrape this sucker. Now, after that, before we actually rebuild, we need to pay off this first position loan before we can even get a construction loan and then cash out, refinance, so forth. But the, the trials, tribulations that you guys went through with bad property management, every chaos, you know, chaotic situation in between, you guys ended up coming out with a nice brand new property, cash flowing, you know, I'm not even sure, we didn't even totally talk too much numbers on that. Not sure how much money you guys have invested right now in that, or, you know, the cash out refi, hopefully you pulled out a decent amount, but then you built relationships with new property manager and, you know, you guys have your, your core team and really developing, scaling, syndications, the whole nine to really start growing your business and elevating your mind to that next level. I love it. You yeah. Know, I, 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 yeah. I say for me, I think, I think the mindset change was the biggest thing for me out of all, out of all of it, right? Like the house, the money, that, that all doesn't matter. But the fact that my mind changed and we learned from it, yeah, I think it, it always is. It always day. is. I love that. Yeah. yeah I, I know, I know going through that trial or tribulation or whatever, it sucked, but looking back, yeah. I'm like, man, I'm so glad we did that because we came out the other side and we're like, dude, we fucking survived that. Like Damn there's right. nothing that could come up that will be worse than that. You know, shut up. But, but I feel like we survived that. We can figure out anything. Yeah. Right? And, and it's and, so true. It's so true. The mindset, like everything is just so elevated. There's not going to be anything that can literally like, you guys went through the worst of the worst of the worst, like back to back and yeah. still came out on top. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I mean, we're running like all these, you know, like risk scenarios in our mind before we take this action. And, you know, like what, what, what if this, what if that, this was never on the radar, right? So <laughs> yeah. It was completely unexpected, but you know, we went through it, we figured it out and you know, now we're, we're a lot better for it. Yeah. And yeah. so I'm, I'm 
you know, it, on one hand, I'm kind of glad we did it, right? Because if we weren't testing, we would have never realized, you know, what we're made of, right? And then continue to grow like this. If, if we would have just, probably if we would have just closed, you know, closed the deal and cash flowed and stuff, we'd have been like, hey, that was pretty easy. Like, all right, you know, whatever, that's cool. And then we would have went on and did something else and, you know, sure. maybe not based on, you know, putting in the, the real education efforts, right? Going out there yes. networking people and doing all of those things that we learned, like, yeah, we really did all this stuff wrong. Let's try to figure out how to do it right. right. You know what I mean? Like if everything worked right, we're like, oh yeah, that was so easy. We know what we're doing. We're freaking experts. We don't have to put in the work, you know? Yeah. So uh, yeah, I mean, like Andre was saying, like the mind shift change, that was like the biggest thing, right? And and it, it's funny because like I, when I was reading up and kind of educating myself, a lot of people, a lot of times you'll hear people say like, you know, things like know your why and, and, you know, figure out your, your goals and do all this stuff. And like, when I heard that before, right, I was like, man, that's like some new age BS. Like I got into <laughs> my feelings and, you know, like whatever, I, I just want to invest in real estate, you know, show me the numbers. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get to it. <laughs> yeah. But now, I mean, it, it's really true because like when you're getting phone calls in the middle of the night from the, you know, the contractor, like, where's my freaking check? Right. You're, you're going to start to question, like, why the hell am I doing this? Yeah, you got to start asking yourself, like, hey, where's the fuel to this fire to help me keep going? Yeah. And luckily, and, and, luckily and, you had a boy to help you, right? Yeah, and, and, I mean, and I got to that point of, like, this ain't worth it no more. And, and But Andre was like, no, nah, man, we still, like, let's stay focused. We have these goals. We can still get there, right? And, you know, that, that's, that was part of that, you know, the benefit of that, that um, partnership. Yeah. What, what I really love is like, obviously there's no regrets in this, in this circumstance. Right. And you guys are super thankful for the experience, the, the, all the trials and tribulations that came your way and you guys still came out on top, the partnership, everything. It's, it's really, it's phenomenal to think about because most people wouldn't be able to out there, you know, really overcome these obstacles. So, so it really does set you guys up for that next level grows you guys together as a strong partnership. And yeah, it prepares you for even more bigger stuff out there. And honestly, I'm just very confident that you guys won't like, the odds are in your favor now. I mean, you guys just went through like what somebody would never go through. An investor of like 40, 50 years would probably never go through. If so, maybe over that time frame. Yeah. I think you guys are good for the next, you know, 10 years or so. Yeah. Hope so, man. <laughs> yeah, we've we've been having you up so in prayer. We've been having some success lately, so, so we're that's trying good, to that's good. appreciate that. So, <laughs> Well, guys, I, I appreciate you guys so much. I really do. I mean, your story is phenomenal. I know uh, it's going to help out, inspire so many people that are listening on here because it, it did to me originally. And just hearing it again, it like gives me a whole new like fire. And, uh, and I'm just excited to see from all the storm that you guys came from to where you guys are at today. And the mindset shifts and everything. It's like, it, it's priceless. So it's really exciting to see. And I'm just so thankful for you guys to, to be able to take your time out of your day to jump on here and give back to the listeners. Is there anything that the listeners or myself can do to give back to you guys? No, I'm good. No, I, I, I Don't do that you. cricket stuff to me, guys. Come on. No, no, no. I, 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 Brandon, I really appreciate you being you. Like, I think you're going to be a, an inspiration and motivation to lots of people, man. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, would say, I mean, you know, part of the part of the whole networking is how we met you, right? Like a year ago at, at one of the workshops we attended, 
And I, I think I told you then, or maybe a little after, you know, like I, I respect the hustle, man. I see you out there, you're doing this podcasting, you're, you're doing deals, you're, you're networking, you're helping people and, and your approach to just like you're closing this out, right? Hey, what can I do for you guys? Um, that was, that was the approach you kind of took with us at the workshop when we first met you. And, and, and I, you know, and that was one of the lessons I was talking about where I approach people like that. Right. And so looking at how you can help other people, um, you know, I think you're doing a lot of it with this, with these podcasts and stuff, right? Yeah. So keep doing that. And yeah, I mean, for the listeners, I mean, just keep listening to Brandon's podcast, educate yourself. <laughs> And, you know, the, he wrote a book, right, called uh, It's Action Driven, right? Is, That's is, right. That's right, baby. Yeah. So, <laughs> so podcast, yeah, I mean, Brandon has, like, some great people on here, right, like, superstars of industry and, like, her just, you know, killing it, like, nobody's business, right? But it doesn't matter if you just listen to the podcast and don't do anything. So take action. I love it. I appreciate you guys. I'll toss you the 20 bucks later on. All right. <laughs> but, uh, but you guys are awesome. How can people get a hold of you guys? Just on social media or some kind of links, anything? Yeah. Well, we're not really like, yeah, we're not really like all on the socials and everything like that, you know? So we're, we're still trying to like keep it kind of low key, but um, yeah, I mean, we're on Facebook. They could probably, if you tag us in this thing, you know, connect through Facebook. Uh, uh, Bigger yeah. pockets? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Andre, Jay, I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. I, the friendship's awesome. You guys are just, I always have a great time uh, connecting with you guys. And yeah, I mean, it, it's remarkable to see what you guys have gone through. So it's always a blessing to, to connect and, and uh, chat with you guys. So I appreciate you guys for coming on. I really do. If you guys want to connect with me, any of the listeners out there, you can do so at brandonelliotinvestments.com. Otherwise, Instagram, Brandon Elliott Investments, or Facebook.com slash Brandon Elliott Investor. We also got Facebook.com slash Brandon Elliott REI. So uh, you guys can do that. Make sure you go on Ready, Set, Go Real Estate Investing Podcast. You hit that subscribe button. You also leave a review so you get the newest notification every single Monday. And you give me some feedback. You know, I need, to, I need to know, you know, what you guys think about the podcast, what you want to hear next. And, you know, just some wins, some wins that you guys are getting from actually taking action. You know, it's all about educating, motivating and preparing you to take action. So appreciate you guys all for tuning in. And for the first, let's say, five people, first five people that reach out to me and show me that they subscribed and hits a download, send it to me anywhere on social media. I'll send you my book, Action Driven, 100% free, or we'll give you give you a magazine that we're talking about how to purchase real estate with credit, credit cards, and a bunch of different ways that you're not paying interest. All right. So appreciate you guys greatly. And uh, yeah, till next time, guys, God bless. Thanks. This has been another episode of Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast brought to you by Brandon Elliott. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Also, please don't forget to like, share, and leave a comment below. Thanks again for joining. Until next time, God bless.